good evening, or by the time this will be done, it will be good morning. It's a Snake River Live podcast. It's uh, the 19th of April, um, soon to be the 20th. Welcome. So glad you're listening tonight, this morning, whenever it is, wherever you are, when you listen. Thank you for listening, by the way. Appreciate that. Um, A few things I wanted to talk about uh, uh, that have been really on my mind lately. Uh, First of all, just knock a few of them out. Um, Federal judge has has, uh, put on hold uh, the governor of Kansas's ban on church churches uh, congreg- uh, congregations meeting um, her last executive order that was dated on the 7th uh, put a ban on congregations meeting so long as they followed social distancing as far as groups of 10 or more however it did allow other exceptions uh, and that was why the federal judge uh put a hold on that at least through May 1st to see uh, for a proper hearing, I suppose. The judge was very, very adamant that it obviously singled out uh, religion. Uh, the executive order did, even though the governor claims it didn't. Uh, so good for them. Um, but while we're talking about religion and talking about uh, this uh, coronavirus stuff, I just want to address something really important. It, and because it is very important. There's uh, some protests in Michigan and other states because people are starting to get antsy about being at home all the time. Uh, to me, it's great, you know, but that's all right. I'm an introvert. I get it. That's I could live my whole life this way. Um, but most people can't, and I get that also. However, having said that, and, of course, I would agree 100% with people's right protest and to assemble. It's guaranteed under the Constitution, and the Constitution is not a fair-weather Constitution. It's an all-weather Constitution, and those rights are either rights that are granted um, and government can only protect or destroy, and right now government's attempting to destroy them. You had on uh, Tucker last week, Tucker Carlson tonight. It's the only show that I watch on Fox News. Um, uh, the governor of New Jersey. What an idiot. He, uh, he several times was asked directly about considering the Bill of Rights when they passed their ban regarding religious services. Actually, specifically, it was about 15 Orthodox Jews meeting at a synagogue um, and he did not once answer the question. Well, he first answered, says, well, that's above my pay grade. Well, first of all, no, Governor, it's not. You're the chief executive for the state of New Jersey, so no, it's not above your pay grade. And second of all, it's the Bill of Rights, free exercise of religion, and, by the way, I'd also say a peaceful assembly. And so um, your ability to restrict people from doing that um, is actually rather limited. And for you, uh, for the governor to to um, filibuster uh, Tucker on that, it just really points out that this is really a power grab um, by mostly Democrats, but it's a, it's a bipartisan issue. I watched uh, uh, some clips of the Republican governor of Massachusetts as well as the Republican governor of Maryland who's 
putting exceedingly strict restrictions regarding the stay at home. And of course, everybody's familiar uh, with the um, dictator in Michigan. Um, and I want to talk about those protests because, again, as I said, you have the right to do that. Uh, governor, president, legislatures, Congress cannot take that right away from you. However, um, when you're meeting and such, uh, they have the president has prescribed certain uh, conditions, uh, social distancing. Uh, again, I don't like the term social distancing because I think as individuals, as neighborhoods, cities, etc., we're already socially distant, uh, preferring to use technology rather than than uh, actual contact, but we should be maintaining physical distances with each other per per the the guidelines, at least for now. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so not only did they do that, but you had a bunch of clowns up there in Michigan. Uh, I don't care about them wearing waving the Gadsden flag. That doesn't bother me. Uh, the Gadsden flag has been a tradition since the Revolutionary War. Um, Yes, it was a Revolutionary War uh, battle flag. Um, however, when people start waving the Confederate flag, um, that's when you start having issues. Um, you know, the Confederate flag has come to stand for a certain thing. And so, one, you're not practicing the social, the social distancing guidelines as, as, uh, as, indicated by government. You're also not peaceably assembling because the Confederate flag, like it or not, good, bad, and different, is intended to incite certain emotions among people. And when you're when you're parading through Detroit or Lansing, uh, when you're waving the con Confederate flag, you're, you're doing that intentionally to inspire emotions and, and to cause problems. And that's unfortunate because people that are doing that, they're not really, they're hurting a civil liberty cause. Um, the time is coming. When that will be, I, I can't answer that. When people are going to have to really kind of decide where we're going as this nation uh, the Constitution has largely fallen by the wayside, as obvious by so many of these people. Although I've noticed that, that when the president said we're going to talk about opening the economy, the Democrats seem to, uh, Democrat governors primarily have seemed to have uh, found the Tenth Amendment. Well, good for them. Um, Democrats, of course, haven't used the Tenth Amendment since, uh, uh, since the practice of slavery and Jim Crow. So just as a reminder of that, um, that when Democrats talk about state rights, that's usually that's the last time that they've really talked about state rights. It was either uh, slavery pre-Civil War or Jim Crow laws post-Civil War. Um, but they've discovered it now, and they, they found a new one, uh, a new cause that uh, orange man bad. So yeah, we're not going to do it. But these people protesting and and they are intentionally not doing things we've been told we should be doing. They're intentionally being provocative. And while the time may come for that, we're not really there now. And it hurts the cause of those who actually argue peaceably to point out 
and our civil liberties are being violated. I could point out that on the 19th uh, of April, we, we I saw some things regarding the uh, federal building in Oklahoma City. It's the 25th anniversary of that bombing. What people don't point out is that two years prior to that, it was the uh, the federal government bombing the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, um, uh, killing men, women, and children who just wanted to practice their own religion the way they wished. Children's Services of Texas had been out several times to make sure that kids were not being abused and such. Uh, there was no indication of that, even though they'd been called out many times. And yet, for some reason, the federal government under uh, President Clinton had felt like the the Branch Davidians uh, had to be over and done. And so they bombed them and killed them. Just FYI. Um, but moving on from that, the coronavirus, uh, there's so many things that we don't know. So many times, you know, George Soros has been uh, the spooky guy, that's how Glenn Beck calls him, um, uh, regarding uh, all sorts of things uh, uh, regard uh, as far as affecting elections. He's done a lot of affecting uh, money policy throughout the world uh, in the in the last several decades. Um been a, a behind-the-scenes player, of course. Um, he's a, a just, just well, spooky guy. That's actually kind of a good description for him. However, I'm going to pose that there's another spooky guy, that one that we should even be more worried about, um, and that's uh, uh, Bill Gates, who uh, is pushing the whole concept that the country needs to remain closed until everybody's vaccinated. Um, there's no vaccine likely to not be a vaccine until 2021 sometime. Um, Bill Gates, is, and not only that, but he wants to put microchips on everybody so that they can be tracked. Is that conspiratorial? Perhaps it is, but if you go and look up some things, Bill Gates is a major contributor to the WHO, he's a major contributor to the CDC, National Institutes of Health, and that's fine. I mean, I'm glad that he's using his money um, to donate. However, he's not using it to donate out of the goodness of his heart. He's using it to donate to affect policy according to what he wants, and he is not a doctor. However, money buys influence. We're always told that when it comes to the global warming issue, right? That the studies that these global warming deniers uh, quote when they say that the Earth is not, uh, climate change is not due to uh, man's footprint, they say, well, those are all produced by oil institutes. Well, can it not work both ways? Here's, here's Bill Gates. He's throwing his billions around. He's uh, WHO, CDC, National Institutes of Health. You know, could he not affect policy that way too? Just saying. Um, here's a brief timeline. I've mentioned it on Facebook a couple times. I've also gotten dinged on Facebook for it, uh, uh, for a couple things, simply because Facebook now has taken on the, uh, the role of the WHO watchdog. 
they've got to protect the WHO and the CDC and most of all, uh, Communist China. Here's the timeline. Ta Taiwan, at the end of December of 2019, reports uh, that the coronavirus can transfer human to human. Reports that to the WHO. It's ignored. As late as the middle of January, WHO is parroting Communist China's talking points that it does not appear that it can transfer human to human. Um, all the while, Communist China is doing two things. They're destroying any record of uh, uh, the historical trail of this virus uh, that started in Wuhan. They're silencing everybody who has sounded the alarm on it. That's altogether part of that, the, the historical trail. They also kept it silent enough for millions of people to travel through Wuhan and then to spread throughout the world before sounding alarm on the virus. I want you to think about that. Do I think it was intentional? I hope like heck that it was not. Um, actually, one more thing I forgot to mention. As the virus started, uh, as the problem started to become known in China, uh, several uh, aid groups started sending uh, personal protection equipment to China to aid them. Uh, in in their fight against this virus, I know that the uh, I, I know personally because they announced it that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints uh, sent millions of dollars worth of personal protection equipment to China. Here's the rub: China, before they released information about this, had stopped allowing shipments of that gear ordered by other countries out of the country. See how it starts to look a little bit strange. So so the so finally they start saying well there might be some human to human uh, uh, transmission of the virus. Trump orders travel ban. The WHO is up in arms. The China is up in arm, up in arms. The Democrats are up in arms, which of course is redundant when I say that after China. Um, all through February, there's uh, um, uh, President Trump announces a committee that he's working on it. He's criticized because all the committees old white people, um, and there's no diversity. Remember, to Democrats, quality doesn't matter compared to diversity. Democrats are willing to sacrifice having the best person on the job. If it's, if it's the question of the best person or the most diverse. If the choice comes down to somebody that is extremely qualified and somebody that is not as qualified, but they have diversity points, for Democrats, it's always going to be the diversity points that win. Just FYI again. Um, I would criticize that Trump did not seem to take this very seriously at first. I, I agree with that assessment that many people have had said. Of course, he was also dealing with impeachment um, and the fallout from that. That's not an excuse. 
Um, but he did tend to focus on, on, started to do some focus on it, but he was also doing a lot of other things, as were the Democrats. Nobody was taking this any more serious, even Dr. Fauci, than the seasonal flu until sometime in March when it all started to come down. And the rest is history. I mean, that's going without saying, except for one thing. The United States first, when they started doing this draconian uh, uh, violation of civil rights, um, they were using a model that showed that as many as 2 million Americans could die from this virus. Since then, they went to a model that showed anywhere between 100 and 250,000 could die from it, which is a far cry from 2 million. Um, just a little over a week ago, they've reduced that number down to about 60,000. Of course, the problem is now is we really don't know for sure because it turns out in the city of New York that if somebody comes in to a hospital with some sort of a condition and they die, but they happen to test positive for the virus, they're counting it as a, as a coronavirus death even if they didn't come in for that. If they came in with a heart attack, if they came in with an organ failure, and they ended up dying, but they test positive for the virus, they're counting it as a virus death. They're also counting people that they're finding dead in homes without testing them as virus deaths. They just assume that that's what they died of. So the numbers are really not very accurate there. Here's another way that numbers are not accurate. The CDC messed up and did not allow private companies to produce testing kits uh, for the virus. And their kits were faulty. Huge mess up on their part. Um, so testing kits were late getting out. Uh, until everybody can be tested, which probably will never happen, we're not going to have any way of knowing what the fatality rate of this virus is compared to those who've actually been infected. Although there are now more and more studies coming out from across the globe indicating that far more people are infected than what they thought. And if that's the case, and that pushes the fatality rate down significantly, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diss the seriousness of the virus. It's serious. But I also worry about uh, what we've done to our economy because of it and the loss of lives or livelihoods and lives of people who have spent their whole lives building something and watch it have to close down because of the government. Our rights are being violated. Am I arguing that we should go out and protest and that we should go out and purposely get together and congregate and such? No. Part of being living in a society that values individual rights is taking individual responsibility. If you don't feel well, don't go out. If you have people that are susceptible to the virus, more susceptible, meaning they have pre-existing conditions or 
consider they're elderly, they have uh, respiratory issues, et cetera, et cetera. Don't go out. If you interact with those people, don't go out. It's real simple. You have to take some individual responsibility, and perhaps maybe that's why the, all the orders, because it seems like as Americans, we don't excel at taking individual responsibility in securing our individual liberties. We need to wake up. There's an election coming up, and there's already talk about trying to do all sorts of things that could potentially uh, put the election in question. And so something needs to be done about that sooner rather than later. Um, this Snake River Lib, you know the drill. Um, but I would say this. You either have rights, limited government is necessary. The purpose of government is to secure those rights, not take them away. What we're witnessing now is government attempting to take away those rights. It's the Lib. We'll talk to you later.